0: fasting is a helpful tool to allow you to recognize what hunger means and understanding that hunger isn't an emergency, that you can control it, that you can practice with hunger and it waxes and wanes just like a wave. Welcome to the Dr. Ashley show. Welcome to the Dr. Ashley show. I'm Dr. Ashley. And today we are going to dive into the popular topic of intermittent fasting and discuss if it might help you or actually hinder your weight loss goals. So Intermittent fasting over the last few years specifically has gained a lot of popularity as a tool for weight loss and it involves alternating periods of fasting to eating within specific time frames. So... I wanna go through with you the benefits and the risks and share some stories of people who have benefited from intermittent fasting, what I do personally, and then people who really haven't seen success through the tool. So you can decide if you think it's something that you wanna play with or not. So the benefit associated with intermittent fasting has to do with restricting an eating window and reducing calories. So basically by reducing the amount of time that you're eating during the day, you're getting less calories as a result in dropping weight. And so it can be helpful for you if you are a black and white eater. And what I mean by that is if you struggle by just wanting to eat all the time. You're grazing throughout the day, you're always thinking about food. If you think about food, then you find yourself in your kitchen or grabbing a snack at work, whatever it might be. So if you need to be black and white with your eating, intermittent fasting can be a helpful tool. And what I mean by this is a common protocol associated with intermittent fasting is not eating for 16 hours and then having an eight hour window of eating. So this would be, for example, You eat dinner at 8 p.m. and then you don't eat again until noon the next day. And then you've got from noon to 8 p.m. as that eating window. And if that can help you tell yourself, no, I'm not going to eat for 16 hours, and then you can control yourself during that eight hour window, then it can be a helpful tool. Understanding that when you do eat during that eight-hour window, you can't just eat whatever you want. It's still eating a healthy lifestyle because if you overeat total number of calories, then you've overcome the purpose of restricting yourself in that way. But the benefits have been shown to, if you do this fasting thing right, to improve insulin sensitivity – That means when you eat carbohydrates, they go into your gut and they metabolize out into sugar in your blood. And when you've got high levels of sugar in your blood, your body doesn't like that. It's toxic to the body. So it tells the pancreas to go secrete insulin and insulin acts like a key. It should travel around to your muscle cells and open them up so that that sugar can flow in from your blood into the muscle cells and use it for energy. Well, a lot of us as we age um, if we follow the standard american diet if we have visceral fat belly fat if we have excess belly fat most of us in today's society have insulin resistance and what this means is i just want you to picture a callus over your cell wall so you have this insulin travel around and it bounces off the cell it can't actually get into the cell and so fasting improves insulin sensitivity which means when that insulin key travels around it actually does what it's supposed to do and it opens up the muscle cell the sugar from your whatever you ate flows in there and you use it for energy so that's one of the benefits it promotes fat burning which we all like and then it can assist with appetite regulation meaning that it can shift hormones so it can reduce your hunger hormone ghrelin so it lowers that so you're not as hungry and it can help to improve leptin which is your full Hormones. So you feel full more often, more quickly, and you don't feel as hungry, which is nice. And then there's a lot of longevity benefits, which I'll talk about a little bit later. And oddly enough, kind of the opposite of what you think would happen is it's shown to increase growth hormone and testosterone, which can help you maintain and build muscle. So for me specifically, I found over the last probably five to six years, I'm not much of a breakfast eater. I never really was. I just ate it because I thought it was the most important meal of the day. And I've shared this in many episodes, but breakfast is not the most important meal of the day. It's actually just a marketing claim that Kellogg's put out there to sell more of his breakfast cereals. So um, I found that, gosh, if I don't need to eat it, I'm really not into it. So I prefer just to fast through breakfast and so I have coffee, it's actually decaf coffee because I don't tolerate coffee very well, but I love heavy cream. Seriously, heavy cream is my favorite food and so any opportunity to use it I do and so I stick some heavy cream in my coffee. So As a purist who does intermittent fasting, they will say, if you eat over 50 calories, then it breaks the fast and you're not truly getting all the benefits of this clean, pure fast. Probably true. If you eat over 50 calories, then you're going to knock yourself out of that fasting state because it stimulates the body to secrete hormones that put you into a fed state instead. Well, the unique thing about adding just fat into your coffee or tea, for example, is that fat doesn't spike blood glucose or those hormones in the same way that carbs and protein do. So I imagine it like I'm crawling under the fence and I'm being very sneaky and I'm getting some of the benefits of fasting, but I'm getting delicious heavy cream and a little bit of calories to help sustain me and get me to maybe 11.30 or noon when I eat my first meal of the day. So it could be called kind of like a dirty fast, I would say, but a lot of people love it and find benefit from it. You've probably heard of Bulletproof Coffee, and that comes from a fellow, Dave Asprey, who's a biohacker, and I believe he actually brought the drink recipe over from Tibet. And what it is, is it's a combination of butter and MCT oil, which is a type of oil that's better and quicker absorbed from the gut, it can give you uh, GI distress like diarrhea if you do too much of it. So be careful if you're going to go try it. And he suggests put a tablespoon of each into your coffee, blend it and drink it. It's actually really delicious. So if you're grossed out by this recipe, you might want to give it a try. So that could be another option that gives you the the burst of calories from fat, but allows you to still reap some of the benefits from fasting. But if you really wanna be a purist, you wanna get deep down into the fasting, then anything less than 50 calories will keep you in that fasting state. And I have a lot of clients who follow the same thing that I do and they just say it feels great to not eat breakfast and it's really convenient. So I have a client, Jolene, who I love and she tells me that she has coffee with cream and that's pretty much it. So fasting, dirty fasting through breakfast because she's so busy in the morning, she goes and she works out so she gets a fasted workout which is can also be a really great tool for burning fat because it forces the body to burn fat if you haven't eaten before exercise so can be a helpful tool if you are in a fat-burning state already and then she comes home and she eats her breakfast kind of mid-morning snack time, maybe around 10 o'clock. Some people will do that and they'll eat an earlier lunch, maybe 11, 11.30 and some people who just really love the fast will go all the way till noon and eat their lunch at that time. But then there are people who don't really do well with it. And I want you to be aware that this could be you. And it doesn't mean anything bad. It doesn't mean that you're a failure. It just means that intermittent fasting can be in your toolbox, but you might not want to whip it out very often and use it. So I have a client, Rick, and he went and he's like, okay, I really want to do this. I want to jumpstart my weight loss. I want it to go a little bit faster. Can I try fasting? And I said, sure, of course. And so I explained everything and he did it and he found that he just totally overcompensated later in the day. He was like, oh my gosh, I need to make up for breakfast. I'm gonna eat a double lunch and then then he'd eat more after dinner. And he just felt like he was always making up for that skipped meal in the morning. So if you have a tendency to binge and you have a tendency to be more like Rick where your body's just always trying to catch up to that missed meal, then intermittent fasting might just not be the best for you. No matter what though, like I said earlier, if you do play with it, you wanna make sure that you don't eat everything in the kitchen during your eating window, it still needs to be regulated, unfortunately. I know there's no free food, <laughs> no matter when you eat it or when you don't. When we look at fasting, it's interesting to think about where we came from as a human species, right? We we're were we really good at fasting. We can actually go really long periods of time without eating. And when we do that, one of the benefits is increased mental clarity and focus. I have men specifically all the time tell me how great they feel when they fast from a mental clarity perspective. Uh, We're also really good at putting fat on. And if you think about us, like way back in cave days, we had periods where we had a lot of food. Maybe we killed that buffalo. We didn't have a way to preserve it very well. I know we could cure foods with salt, but really we had to eat a lot of it, the body stored it as fat. And then we would go through periods of time where we just maybe were able to gather some veggies and very small strawberries. It's important that you understand the different states that occur in our metabolism when we're fed versus fasted. So when we're in a fed state for about three to five hours following the last meal, our hormones are there to promote fat storage, right? So we've eaten that meal and for three to five hours after consumption of it, our hormones are all interested in taking that food and storing it as fat so that we can use it for energy later. So hormones like insulin, which is a fat storage hormone, is elevated when we're in the fed state. Our liver is preoccupied with making fat. So there's no burning going on. It's all stored. And then we're in the fasted state, get this, really only 12 hours after we've eaten. So you have to wait 12 hours after you've eaten that dinner meal to really be burning fat. And after this 12 hour period, insulin drops and we're burning fat for fuel. So for our clients at PhD, I always recommend getting a 12 hour window for that reason between the dinner meal and The breakfast meal. So eating dinner no later than 7.30 for example, so that you can eat your breakfast at 7.30 the next day and get that 12 hour fast. If you have a slow metabolism though, think about it. It might take you 14, 15 hours to really get into that fasted state and reap the benefit of those hormones that pop up only when you're fasted. And so think about if you're always eating, you're grazing throughout the day, you never give your body the period of time to just rest and be in the fasted state you're really probably losing out on on some good benefits there. Fasting is a helpful tool to allow you to recognize what hunger means and understanding that hunger isn't an emergency, that you can control it, that you can practice with hunger and it waxes and wanes just like a wave. And it's an important tool to have because let's say you're at a party and all that there is are cookies and cocktails. I know that comes up in the holidays and Let's say you recognize that cookies and cocktails really aren't serving you. You don't want to eat those, but you want to go hang out with your friends. Well, you can go to that cookie and cocktail event and you could either bring something that you love that's healthy for you, that everyone else would probably appreciate and enjoy if you brought and shared. Or you could just be like, you know what? I'm hungry right now, but I know I can control it. I've fasted before. And when I get home, I'll eat something that nourishes me that feels good and tastes good. So that's another benefit of fasting. If we continue to talk about the benefits of fasting, the New England Journal of Medicine showed that intermittent fasting with a reduction in calories is associated with good weight loss, with improved cardiovascular disease, decreased risk of cancer, type 2 diabetes, Uh, those hormonal shifts that I mentioned earlier, increasing growth hormone, increasing testosterone, and it can promote the breakdown of fat and preservation of muscle. But again, other research will show that it's not highly successful for weight loss if you don't have that calorie restriction associated with it. So you have to do both together. If you don't get enough, this is a a huge risk associated with intermittent fasting is that if you don't get enough protein, due to fasting then you will experience muscle loss even with the increase of growth hormone and testosterone that we talked about it's not enough to overcome the lack of protein and I know a lot of folks in the research field who were huge proponents of intermittent fasting when it first came out who no longer do it for themselves because they saw so much muscle loss and you know Muscle is the key to longevity. It is our metabolic currency. And as we age, we lose muscle. So the number one thing you wanna focus on, if it's weight loss or whatever it is, above all is maintaining that muscle mass. So if you fast for long periods of time and you see your muscle mass wasting, the benefits likely aren't worth it. So you just need to make sure you do it in a smart way. And I'll talk about that here in a minute. When it comes to longevity, there are benefits associated with fasting, but the protocol is different. You actually have to fast for at least 48 hours to recognize and experience the benefits associated with longevity but those benefits are reduced oxidative stress so less cellular damage increased to cellular repair so the cells are turning over and that supposedly is healthy because you get fresh new cells there a change in gene expressions so support health and good brain health increased cellular resistance so it just makes your cells pretty darn strong And those are associated with increased longevity. So the risks associated with it, I mentioned muscle loss, but also certain medical conditions you don't want to fast with. If you have type 2 diabetes, if you're on insulin, if you have type 1 diabetes, if you've got an eating disorder, it is not wise to participate in intermittent fasting. You of course want to talk with your doctor if you're on medications, because a lot of medications require you to eat with it. So think about that. Always ask your doctor if it's wise for you to start testing and dabbling with intermittent fasting. If you're pregnant or breastfeeding, it's not going to be a smart time to do it. You want to make sure that it's something that's sustainable for you and then make sure that you're not overcompensating and binging during the feeding windows. And then of course, talked about muscle loss, want to make sure that you're getting adequate protein in there to support that. Let's talk about timing and protocols. So if you want to put this into the mix, you know exactly what to do. We talked about the 16-8 window and people most often do this most days of the week, at least five days of the week. But that is where you've got 16 hours where you're not eating, you're fasting, and eight hours where you are eating. So that would mean starting at 7.30 at night, you finish your dinner and then not eating again until the following day around 11.30 noon. And then from noon to 7.30 or so, you're eating still consciously and not overcompensating for having that window of, of fasting. There's also a 5-2 method, and that's where you have five days of regular eating and two and non-consecutive days of severe calorie restriction or, or fasting, right? So that might be like Monday and Tuesday you eat, Wednesday you fast, Thursday you eat, Friday you eat, Saturday you fast, and Sunday you eat. So there's five days in there where you're eating, two days where you're really restrictive and fasting. Um, And then the third option would be you could fast for 24 hours, one day, a week. If you wanna experience longevity, like I said, then you need to fast for prolonged periods of time, but that's when you do, you have to be careful about the frequency of it because you can see muscle wasting. And there's the alternate day fasting, That means that you alternate between days of regular eating and fasting at 20 to 25% of your normal intake. Or then there's prolonged fasting where it might be 24 to 72 hours and you do this once per quarter. Um, And then you wanna make sure, like I said, and I keep mentioning this, consume sufficient protein and lift weights. So it's all about overloading the muscles, giving them enough protein, but then you have to lift weights with it. You can't do just one or the other and make sure that first meal that you do eat you break your fast with has at least i would say 45 grams of protein with that first meal in there so i want to talk about men versus women because most of the studies and research out there looks at men and the impact of intermittent fasting there are some studies out there with women but it's usually a smaller sample size Uh, In the studies that look at the benefits associated with intermittent fasting in women, they've actually found that women have greater insulin sensitivity results and more regulation of blood glucose than men. CRP reduces more significantly in women as a result of intermittent fasting, and CRP is a marker of inflammation, so you want that to be as low. And then there's more significant improvements in the reduction of cardiovascular and metabolic disease in women. But again, be cautious if you're pregnant or breastfeeding or trying to conceive. You don't want to fast because it actually puts a little bit of stress on the body to get those benefits that we just talked about. I will also wanna share with you some menstrual cycle considerations because that really does impact how the fast is gonna go for you. So the best time to fast is during the follicular phase of your cycle. And that is basically day one to 10 to 14. And the reason why is because during the first 10 to 14 days of your cycle, estrogen increases and insulin sensitivity increases. And so remember that is when that muscle cell can open up and that sugar can flow in. That means you're more insulin sensitive. You want that to happen. And it allows you to have more metabolic flexibility. You're gonna be less hungry and the the fast should just feel a little bit easier. The worst time to fast as a woman who has her cycle would be during the luteal phase. And the luteal phase happens during days 15 to 28. And it's during this state where progesterone increases. As a result, appetite goes up and you hold on to more water. That's when you feel bloated. And so you definitely don't want to fast during a phase where you're going to have more hunger. It's just going to make things much more difficult. So track your cycle and try to fast during that follicular phase instead of the luteal phase. So in general, my tips for you for fasting would be to eat adequate protein and lift weight, to not overcompensate during the eating window. If you have a propensity to binge, just consider fasting might not be a great tool for you right now. And it could be in the future, so keep it in the toolbox and keep testing it if it's something that you wanna try. And if it just doesn't work for you, it's okay. It does not matter if you don't fast. And then it could be a great tool for you if it feels convenient, if your body's just not hungry during the time anyway, like mine for breakfast, it just flows really well. If you're able to maintain your muscle mass, could be a great tool. And then if you just feel calm and relaxed during that eating window, you don't feel frenzied like you're never getting enough, but you feel very satisfied, then it could be a really great tool for you. So I hope you got a lot of value from this episode. If you did and you're watching this on YouTube, please subscribe to the channel. Please leave a comment, any questions, any feedback that you might have. I'd love to read and respond myself to it. If you are listening to this on a podcast platform, please subscribe and leave a review, share it with your friends. And remember, you've got to step up to make the change. Lead with your heart, train your mind, and don't negotiate with your body. I'll see you on the next episode.